Well, 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 beautiful people, best damn nation. It is Wednesday, and you know what time it is. It is the best damn wrestling podcast. I am your humble host, Brian Renegade. And with me, I have the best damn crew. Uh, first of all, I have uh, the chef of all chefs. We call him Senor Fuego. He is the one and only chef. Showtime. What's happening? How you guys doing today? Oh, man. Blessed and highly favored, my brother, as we always say, man. It's good to have you on, chef. Oh, man. Next, I have the grappler of grapples. He's your mama's favorite wrestler. He's to whoop your daddy ass, Mr. Everything, Victor Andrews. What up, what up, what up, what up, good people, what up, good people. I'm in the building, I'm in the building. And of course, we got El Capitan, our leader of the show, Mr. Stargazer himself, Mr. Brian Renegade. What's going on there, brother? Oh, what's happening, partner? What's happening? Uh, looks like we got a special guest in the building, uh, wiping his royal brow, uh, as you see. Oh, man, Mr. Everything, I'm going to let you do the honors of introducing our esteemed guest. Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there is not enough words in the dictionary, the thesaurus, or the encyclopedia to be able to tell you everything about this man like this man i listen he taught abraham lincoln how to wrestle oh man he called him the ages one for a reason okay okay he's the showstopper penny dropper willing dylan car stealing uh-huh he's your granddaddy's granddaddy favorite wow. wrestler. okay <laughs> He can moonwalk in some in some slippers, okay? <laughs> some house shoes, some John Cutters, okay? <laughs> and he can pray for you in the middle in the middle of all that. He can pray for you all that. <laughs> this is my dear brother, good friend, man, mentor, um, word of advice, pastor, good man. Listen, like I said, there's not enough words I can say about this man. This is, ladies and gentlemen. The ageless one, Caprice Coleman. Oh, man. It's, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate the intro, man. I was, I was wondering where you was going on it. I was like, man, listen, look, I, I didn't know, I didn't know what else to say. I told you the encyclopedia just doesn't do you any justice. Um, ladies and gentlemen, real quick, so a little history, a little background. Um, I first met Caprice through a mutual friend. Um, through uh Ali Steele, you remember that day? Yeah, absolutely. I was absolutely. I was on my way back from a um a seminar for Brett the Hitman Heart, where Chase Stevens invited me to, and Ali called me up and he said, "Hey man, where you at?" So I'm on my way home from Tennessee. He said, "Stop by the house. I got somebody I want you to meet." And I said, "All right." It was me and my good friend Sean. May you rest in peace. Love you, Sean. Um, we start through, and Caprice was there, and they was moving around in the ring, 
and me and Caprice got in the ring. And, and before I realized who he was, I was in there trying to show him some stuff that I learned in Tennessee with the, the five, five, five drill. And he was like, look, I, I stepped in the ring. I grabbed him by the hand. I said, let me show you. He said, hold man, wait, hold on. Tell me what you're doing first. <laughs> Before we do anything, don't be grabbing me, okay? I get all of them. That's that's what he did. Um, and I just showed him a couple, couple of things that I learned. And he knew exactly what it was. Um, we got to move around in the ring, do a little bit of training, and I, I learned some stuff from work, the little mini match, and sat there and chopped it up. And we've been, man, I've been to brother's house, I've cut his hair, I've cut his son's hair. Um, yeah, yeah. I got with his family and, and anytime I needed advice or anything, I was being able to call Caprice. Um, I've been doing some stuff that I didn't know Caprice was watching and I would hear, get a message from him like, Hey man, good job. I'm like, what I do? What, what happened? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, best damn wrestling podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. yeah I'm making my head too big. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Go ahead, Caprice. Uh, I'm just saying it's an honor to be here. And I don't know who we're in for, but uh, anytime I've been called, man, I'm sorry to be here. If I can be there for you, good brother, great dad, man. Caprice. Uh, anytime you see somebody like that, you can't hear me. Muted. Oh, yeah, it sounds like a. No, you sound like a robot. You're in a matrix. In matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Got to take that T pain off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm on the Wi-Fi. I just leave the DVD and mess something to you. Uh, I was the old school. I was the old school. Say that again? Nope, no better. Oh, man. Uh, Let me have you uh, log out and then come back in. And then, uh, come back in? Yeah, we'll try that. Oh, man. Well, beautiful people, while we fix these technical difficulties, man, we got a hell of an interview for you. Uh, tell a, a little bit about uh, Caprice's background, man, for people who uh, are not too familiar with his body of work. Man, listen, this man has been all over Ring of Honor. He was a tag team partner with Capri uh, Cedric Alexander when they were in Ring of Honor. They were the CNC um, Wrestling Factory. Um They've, they've done a lot of stuff in, in Japan. Caprice has been all over in Africa. Um, Qatar, he's he's Qatar champion. He was WrestleCade champion. Um, Ring of Honor tag team champion. He's worked for WWE. Uh, he still currently works for Ring of Honor. He's uh, one of the best color commentators to ever grace the the, uh, the tables and the mic. Uh, he works alongside Ian Rigabani. Uh, he's been with Omega. He's worked with Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Shane Helms, like this man, this man needs his flowers, bro. Like he really needs his flowers. He's one of those guys that does not get the credit that he so deserves because um, he's always so giving to others. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, you're in, you're in you're in store for a very very amazing interview to learn about this man and learn about his career, learn about his path and um, uh, religion as a pastor and you know just really get get a chance to get to know caprice coleman and and if you haven't 
man, go and go and check out some of the stuff that he's done in terms of wrestling. Go and look him up on on YouTube and, and watch him on, on Ring of Honor. He's very entertaining. Very, very entertaining. I don't think there's ever been a situation where I've been around Caprice and he did not do something that would entertain you. Like you could have a bad day, just be sitting around and he would walk up and say something goofy or silly. I remember one day I was at a WrestleCade and I was doing a promo for another company. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, anybody that's in, any wrestlers, young wrestlers, do not do that unless you get permission. That's, that's, that's not good business. Um, but I was doing a promo and Caprice happened to walk up behind me and it was a wall behind me. So he's walking by the wall and he's looking like he's looking for an exit or something. And I turn around and in the middle of my, my promo, I was like, like, what is, what is going on right now? And I was like, we got Caprice Coleman. And he was like, oh, hey, man, hey, what, what's going oh. on? <laughs> and I was like, you want to add something? And then he went into a whole promo right then and there. And then he challenged me to a match which we never, ever, ever have not gotten yet. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Is it well, a I came back in the right time. <laughs> right time. You about to talk. Can't yeah, talk about that. you, man. I'm about to stop. I'm about to stop. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Caprice Coleman. Caprice, please uh, give us a quick rundown for those who are been living under a a rock and don't know your body of work. Give us a rundown of what you've done and 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 everything that you are. Uh, I'm not good at that. <laughs> I can say uh, I've been part of the sport for the greater part of 25 years. Um, started out as a referee, trained under Matt and Jeff Hardy. Um, started with their promotion, New Frontier Wrestling Alliance, turned into Omega. By the time it got to Omega, I went from referee into wrestling. And uh been wrestling with them until they got signed. Uh, ended up going to NWA Wildside for some years. I got a lot of WWE work through that, uh, TNA work, uh, TNT and TNA and all, whatever they, whatever their name were at the times. Um, <laughs> and then, and then um, after that, uh, had some Ring of Honor work, and then I went overseas for a while. I uh, did some contract work for the military, and while I was overseas in Kuwait, um, did wrestling over there and uh, still connected with them. Came back to the States in 2009. Uh, went back to NWA Wildside, which was NWA Anarchy, I think at the time. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Ring of Honor called, WWE called, TNA called, and they were all just trying to see where I was at. And I kind of got the vibe that they felt like I was older by that time. Um, I was always really hot on the indies over the in the magazines of next next best thing type deal, but never like never got a contract. And Ring of Honor called me and they said they're getting ready to get bought out. Um, they're getting ready to be bought by a big TV station and need some more wrestlers. And they definitely want to bring me aboard when they sign them uh, if I could if I could hold up because now like they're talking to me like I'm like 72 years old, bro. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, yes, yeah, so of course I can, you know, I could do it or whatever. And they said, we got this idea we want to do. Da, da, da. And so um, they end up being uh, sold to uh, St. Clair Broadcast and they bring me on and 
nah, this time I'm working the indies um, pretty hard. And I'm, and when I, when I got back in country, um, back from Kuwait, everybody was like, hey, what's your rate? And I tell them my rate. And it was like, oh, okay, well, you know, we, we could get Cedric Alexander for so and so and so. I was like, okay, you know, get Cedric Alexander. Like, you know, what I mean? like, threaten me for. Yeah, and so and so and so I'm, I've heard this like three or four times, and I was like, who is Cedric Alexander? What the world? Who is this guy? And so then I'm on the, sh- I see him on the show, and so I call my brother. I, I want to be on the show, and I end up being on the show. And I think Cedric's like the first match, and he was really really young at the first at this time. And um, so I'm kind of shaking my hand, everybody seeing me, being nice to me in the back. Like, I'm really popular to wrestlers, but like the fans, I'm okay. But (laughs) 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 so uh, after I made my rounds in the back, now I'm saying, but uh, his his match goes on. So I'm at the curtain, I'm watching this dude and my brother, Sweet Dreams, he's watching this dude. And 30 seconds in, we're looking at each other like, this guy has it. Like he, he just it's just some people they just have it you know what i mean and um and so we introduced each other after that and um just kind of kept in contact no big deal and then we would end up at seminars together and i would say hey man you know you stay at that side of the room i stay at this side of the room because they're gonna see us together they're gonna try to make us the new ebony express or Harlem heat or something so just you just stay in your lane i stay in mine and so <laughs> and so uh it's kind of our joke but then ring of honor like when Ring of Honor does it, does hey, we got this idea. Say we got this young guy uh, that we think is really good, and we want to tag him up with like a mentor, uh, and we think y'all will be a great tag team. I said, okay, what's his name? Cedric Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. We never worked together, wrestled or anything, and um, we get up to the show. I think the show was in Virginia, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, that was like the first time we like planned a match or, or anything and we went against i think like future shock was adam cole and Kyle o'reilly and we went against um i can't think of their names now but they're they're, they're a pair of brothers and they had like a uh their gimmick their their gimmick was like uh their mama's boys um one of them wrestles right now he's in wwe now uh was it Julio De Niro? No, 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 no. Uh, one one brother's like a mayor, and the other one's in WWE. He does like a teacher gimmick. Uh, oh, um, whoa, uh, Chase, Chase, uh, Andre Chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was his? What was they were the um. The, anyway, dang, I'm, I'm I'm having a brain fart, but they were tremendous guys, great wrestlers, or whatever. But we wrestled them like that was our first match, and first the first night we had two matches. You know, and um, and they they loved us, and like we didn't have a name, a name or anything, and we were kind of in the ring, like, like this is good, like you know what I mean, and uh, so we got signed and and uh, been at Ring of Honor ever since, and he we did had a tag team run, he of course went off and went to WWE, and all proud of him and all, but I just I just stayed with Ring of Honor, and Ring of Honor just never lied to me. Um, then the pandemic happened, uh. Ring of Honor got uh, ran out of business after the pandemic. They paid us through the pandemic. I don't even know if I'm telling the side of the story you want to hear. That's why I'm like, I'm, I'm not good at this. Tell me what you've done. No, thing. man, keep going. And, keep going. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and then um, everybody's contracts are, are running out or whatever. And then um, we did the final battle. And um, just knowing that we were told that it would pick back up in like April 
um, or whatever, but it was kind of like we were taking a hiatus. And then at the end of April, I'm turning on TV, and my new boss is Tony Khan. And uh, we didn't know it. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like it was. It was kind of like me watching TV. I'm finding out then we didn't know what was, we didn't know if he was gonna use Ring of Honor for the, the video archives, or if he was gonna just take a couple of guys and just kind of be done with it, or what. Um, but by the grace of God, man, he took it and he has his heart into it, where he's really trying to like do something with it. And um, I was part of the first ten people to be called back, and um, I've been there since. So I work for Ring of Honor under AEW. Um, now and I just keep in touch with people, man, and I just try to show love, bro, because I've I've been on all aspects of wrestling, from, from refereeing to wrestling to managing to producing to talk show host to commentary, um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. So I, I'm literally like they call me the Swiss Army Knight, of, Swiss Army Knight for pro wrestling, um, Mr. Versatility. Um, I'm not Mr. Everything. That's Mr. Everything right there. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's just kind of been my thing, man. And God, I just, I've just, in my career, I've always said yes uh, to, to opportunities. And it's blessed me to where I'm able to do um, a lot of things in the same sport. Gotcha. Uh, tell us a little bit about your transition from being a referee to a wrestler. Um, like, what what went through your mind? when that opportunity was approached to you, like, hey, would you like to actually wrestle rather than referee? Uh, it, was, <laughs> up, bro, for real. it was like that, because it was like I was I was in practice um, one day, and, and like I said, we, we all, Matt and Jeff, and, and we all practiced in, uh, what's his name? Cameron Grimes' yard, uh, his, his dad's yard. He had the ring in his yard. And so, um, that's where we trained at. And then when I first came, I came as a wrestler. I wanted to wrestle, but I was very small. And they had Shannon Moore and Shannon Moore was there like underdog. And it was like, well, we can't have like two underdogs, uh, you know, at the same time or whatever. And so when they uh, initially brought me in, it was like, well, he's a referee. But then, like I said, I was, I was with them for, I don't know how long. I don't want to say a certain amount of time and be wrong, but I was just there at one practice and Matt was like, Hey, you know, I think you're ready. And like when he said that, it was, I, I don't know what I did, but I want to say I was like, ready for what? Like, you know what, I mean? like <laughs> what am I ready for? You know? And he was like, hey, we got this show coming up in Southern Pines. And, and, uh, cause I was like, bro, when I was in wrestling, I didn't care what I was doing. When I was refereeing, I was inviting people to the shows to watch me referee. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't care. Like, I was, I was part of the show. You know what I'm saying? And so that was kind of my thing. And, and I had an entrance. <laughs> And everything I had, a, I had a theme music for like for refereeing, bro. Like I would come down the aisles and everything, jump over the ropes, all that <laughs> stuff. And I'm serious, I'm serious. And um, and so then when I actually got to wrestle or whatever, I thought that was like, it's a big deal, it's a big deal for me. Gotcha. Um, and then during that time, was Matt and Jeff with WWE or were they getting ready to start working for them? How how does that all kind of they um they were they were doing like extra work for them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So they were kind of those guys where at the time when you say, hey, I'm working, I'm wrestling with Omega or whatever. Oh, those guys that get beat up on TV, those Hardy boys, and, you know, and nobody, everybody knew who they were because they were on TV. But some people just thought like that's as far as they would go. But everybody that was around them was like, yo, these guys like, you know what I'm saying? Or it. And so and so slowly but surely people started really like falling in love with them. 
because they were always who, who they are now. They always felt that with that they were that way. You know what I'm saying? And so they would go places and they were in character and Jeff is always wearing the stuff, you know, it's, everywhere they go, there's got attention, you know what I mean? And so, um, and I think that's, that's a big thing that got them signed as well is because not only could they wrestle, but they, they stood out. They stood out everywhere they went. They had the muscles, they had the look, they had to the wear they, the confidence and, and all. And so, um, yeah, it was kind of like, you know, hindsight is like, I'm looking at these guys like, yo, like, this is it, but I'm thinking Omega's it. You, you see what I'm saying? I'm thinking like Omega's gonna be the next. Like one day we're gonna be competing with WCW, or you, you see what I'm saying? Uh, something like that. Uh, but then they got picked up, and when they got picked up, um, Omega right. was done. But but Shannon wasn't signed or anything. So that's when Shannon, Shannon and Christian York and Shane Helms went to uh, NWA Wildside, and um, and that's when they wanted me to come, and I was supposed to come up there. Like one time with him, and the week before I was supposed to go, I broke my ankle, and uh, and when I broke my ankle, I was on the shelf for I don't know two two months or something like that, and uh, during the time that I was off, they started going to uh, Tennessee, like Burt Prentice, a Memphis, Tennessee wrestling, and they ended up getting going to WCW. They were gone, and uh, and then I ended up going to NW Wildside uh, there with another carload with Laz and. Um, another trainee's name was uh, Will Powers <laughs> and Chemo and this, this other guys just kind of trickled in type thing. Oh man, uh, let me ask you a question real quick. Uh, do you remember when you fell in love with wrestling? Yeah, man, I was uh, I was probably three years old, bro. And um, I turned on the TV and I saw Dusty Rhodes, and <laughs> I didn't know what pro wrestling was. I was just, I was probably, I was just young and I just saw him shooting a promo. I want to say it was talking about the devil in the boot or something. I just seen, you know, talking and he, he sounded like somebody I'm related to the way he was talking. And, um, and I was just, just kind of hooked on it, you know, and, um, was young and I didn't know they was pro wrestling. I think I was more hooked on, you know, when it was on the microphone talking, you know, doing the interviews or whatever like that. And then, um, then I started seeing the wrestling to me, that was just the coolest thing ever. And, Growing all the way up, six, seven, eight years old, I was probably six years old before I realized, oh, this comes on at certain times of the day and, you know what I'm saying, this and that, because I would just happen to catch it sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And so I, I, it, I wasn't old enough to, to say, oh, turn to wrestling or whatever, like, or what I would say, they'd be like, it's not on right now. Um, but then when I got old enough to realize, oh, this is what comes on, or you can buy like a little TV guide and it tells you when wrestling come on. Uh, or whatever, it got to the point where uh, my my mom took me to a yard sale and I bought like a black and white TV and uh, put it in my room and I could watch all the rest of, and the rest of my family could watch whatever they wanted to watch. <laughs> oh man, you was a go getter from an early age, brother. Yeah, I, I, I was. Man, bro, let me tell you something. I was so into wrestling that uh, when I would get on punishment, like my mom would, like I didn't when I get grounded, I would get grounded from wrestling. It wouldn't be you can't go outside, you can't do this or whatever like that. It was like you can't watch wrestling, and that was like no. That was like yeah. It was bro. It was brought before the pastor because he's obsessed with this stuff like stuff, man. It was yeah. It was it was pretty bad. <laughs> oh man, trust me, I understand that because that's that's what I do with my son now. He's suspended from wrestling. He's he's losing his mind. 
I think yeah, he's yeah, been suspended from wrestling for about a year now. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. It's like once you get hooked, it's like some people it just hooks and some people it doesn't. And it's like some people can watch it and be like, oh, okay, whatever. And some people it's like, yo, I got to know. I got to know. I got to do. I got to see so-and-so. I got to this. And it was like, and then um, man, when I think I was like 14 years old and we had cable and they had this show that used to come on on TBS called The Main Event. And it was WCW. And to me, it was all like good matches. You know what I'm saying? All the matches were like really good. And so I, but it came on at like one o'clock and church didn't get out to like sometimes one, one fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> three o'clock sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so I'd be in church and just looking at the clock and looking at the past and looking at the clock. And uh, the church was like a block away from the house. So I would run home and jump, watch, watch TV or whatever like that. And, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Remember that type of stuff, man. Oh, man. Uh, listen, I want to know who influenced your, uh, influenced your style and your character in the ring. I know when you first started off, your name was Ice, correct? Uh, yeah. uh Caprice Ice Coleman, the, the coldest brother alive, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what, what influenced that character, man, and, and how did that? Uh, develop over time to what you are now? Man, um, Ice was honestly like um, a spinoff of West Side Story. I don't even know if it, it's it's like a, a musical called The West Side Story. It was like two gangs or whatever. And um, one of the gang members' name was Ice. And I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And then um, Mortal Kombat was out, you know, with Sub-Zero and Scorpio and all that. And there was a wrestler and Omega called Sub-Zero, um, Marty Garner. And so um, I was like, well, I can't be I'm just Ice. You know, I'd be Ice or whatever. And, like, I, I, just, I was calling myself Ice before I was wrestling. You know, I was like, well, I'm Ice. I'm, you know, and it's, and, uh, it's kind of stuck. And then um, I think they let me have it for a while just because I believed in it so much. And then it went from Ice, uh, the coldest brother alive, to, like, the notorious I-C-E. It was like, I can't excel. Yeah. And uh, just just this stuff to build on that. And then um, then wrestling started changing to like more like people using their names and stuff. And so it went from that to Caprice Ice Coleman and then like just Caprice Coleman. And then after that, you know, um, it was mostly just Caprice Coleman and whatever moniker would be attached to it uh, at that time. Oh man, that's awesome! Um, you told you talked about growing up in the church, man, um, and you know I think for me I grew up in the church as well. Uh, was that uh, a difficult? When, matter of fact, when did you get called to your ministry? And uh, can you explain a little bit about uh, what your ministry is now and how it plays how it plays a role in what you do? I want to say I got called to preach when I was like fourteen years old. Uh, I was raised in the church uh, and all, and, and around 14, I just started having like, like these dreams that I was preaching and that I was supposed to preach, and and um and then um, I had this one dream that this guy was like crossing the street, and everybody was like, "Hey, you gonna get hit by a car? You know, stop, stop, whatever." And um, and he's kind of looking at them like, "What?" You know, he you can tell he's getting right across the street, and he was like, uh, "People were like, he gonna stop? You gonna get hit by a car?" And he couldn't understand what they were saying. I was like, hey, stop. You're going to get hit by a car. He was like, oh, thanks, man. 
it was like he understood out of everybody he understood me mm. and uh and they told me that like the interpretation of that is that you know not only was i going to preach but i would have a message that anybody could understand um and that's that's kind of been my ministry and um growing up in church and always mostly like i've, I've done like youth pastor type stuff and then i had a uh, contemporary service where i actually pastored a service for years um and then went overseas uh worked under the pastor there came back in uh to my home church and was like associate pastor for years then we moved to charlotte and i started working at the church here in, in the music department and um and then uh of course ministry there and then um recently like after the pandemic you know a lot of churches kind of stopped having church or whatever like that and there was a church up the road that didn't have a pastor and I talked to my pastor about it, um, and I was like, I just want to help them out until. So I would just be there. I wouldn't preach every Sunday. I would just be there, just kind of to be a constant. You know what I mean? Um, and so start working, uh, helping them out there. And then um, they asked me to put in um, my resume to pastor the church, um, and I did. I didn't get it, um, but like the guy that ended up get, being pastor, he asked me to be his like, you know, his his side. Um, so I'm like the youth pastor of the church, uh, now, um, uh, St. Paul's community missionary Baptist church. And, um, I just always been in ministry, man, just, just helping people. Um, the wrestling side has really helped me because I don't feel that that wrestling, I mean, that, that, uh, church is just a side of church. You know what I mean? And I feel that wherever I go, I'm almost looked at it like there here comes priest, you know, he's a preacher. You know what I mean? And so um, I, I get phone calls I, I get from different people all the time and and uh, people prayer requests and and all where it's just that's they hold me accountable for that type of stuff. So um, I got to watch, you know, you really got to watch how you live in front of people, um, because when people see you that way, they, they expect something and not that they expect you to be perfect, but it's a standard. You know what I mean? Right. And um, and, and I accept that, you know, because I've, I've been in the same situation. And so I, I kind of get it, and um, I just am who I am, man. And I accept who I am, and I just walk with it. Uh, have you had situations where um, you had to pray for people in the locker room, or uh, you know, some people were looking for for guidance, uh, and they they just couldn't, you know, get on the right track? Um, can you speak to you know being a a voice for some wrestlers in, in, in the locker rooms that you've been in? Oh, man, yeah, I've, absolutely, man. I've definitely had a, 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 a lot of times where I'm talking to somebody in the locker room or whatever, and we end up praying or something. And I don't, I don't make a big deal out of it. Um, all of it's kind of like some most of the time, honestly, um, some people just want to be heard. And it's not like solve a problem or whatever like that, but but like if you could hear a person, and then also being able to let them know like okay now I'm gonna be honest with you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. some people you know everybody wants some people want a pat on the back or whatever like that, but then sometimes you know if you always broke or this always happens, sometimes you have to look in the mirror and be like what am I doing to cause that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes sometimes there's some practical answer to stuff. Um, in some some real life situations and all that, and and I think I'm old enough to where people respect uh, my wisdom as well, and so I'm just honest with people, man, and, and praying, and, and I've had a, 
Bro, I, I could tell you something that happened to me last week that probably blow your mind, bro. It's like I got a phone call from a, um, a wrestling promoter that just kind of texted me every now and then. Um, but somehow he, he tried to call me, and I, I couldn't answer at the time, and I called him back. And um, long story short, man, this, this dude had a demon in him. And, um, like, legit, I don't even know what you believe, bro, but, like, I I thought I was going to die last week. And um, and the reason why is because, you know, I've seen demons before in people, but I've never never as loud and as, like, pronounced as this one was. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the dude couldn't talk. He couldn't say Jesus. He couldn't say anything. We talking, and as soon as we started talking about religion, he said he felt like something was crushing his head and had his their fingers in his ear. He felt like he was on fire. All like, and this ain't somebody acting. This dude is like in his sixties, bro. And I known him for like fourteen years, so this wasn't some dude trying to run game or something like that. You know what I mean? And so, by the grace of God, man, like I, I stayed with him, and it ain't me. I was praying. I was praying. You know to god bro like that's all i knew you know what i'm saying it was to plead the blood of jesus and and, and the, you know what i was taught you know i kept doing that and then he went from not being able to say anything to being able to say jesus christ this all in an hour so this ain't like five minutes from there i was like i'm not hanging up this phone like you know if i if, if i die i'm just gonna be like this <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh and so, um, but then, like, we got to a point where he could talk a little bit, and I, I told him, is anybody home? And he was like, his wife is home. And um, maybe five minutes later, you could hear his wife, and thank God his wife was a believer. And she's praying on the phone. Like, she, now she's praying, and she's like, Lee, get out of him, Satan. You get out of him, you demon. You de-, you know, and we both praying together. And, like, uh, a few minutes later, it, like, it left. And and he was like, "Hey, who's this?" And I was like, "Caprice." Like, "Hey, Caprice." And I'm like, "Wow, bruh, like you all right?" Like, you know. And he was like, "What's going on?" And then, like, slowly but surely, he he was like, "I am tired." You know what I'm saying? And he was like, kind of recalling stuff. And his wife was like, kind of freaking out. Uh, and I asked his wife. I said, "What happened?" She was like, "Well, she was asleep, and next thing she know, he came to the bedroom door and just fell." And um, and she, he was like convulsing or whatever whatever and she was explaining like his eyes and all that stuff and all she she heard me praying so she started praying and like what the bible says with two or three gathered you know and um after that man we talked some more and and um i was able to lead him to christ and um he definitely you know said the name of jesus christ and accepted jesus christ his personal savior uh and all and was talking about things steps to do from from then and the next day i called him um like i didn't mess with him no more but like Later on that night, he sent me like, hey, just let you know, I love you. I really appreciate you staying with me or whatever like that. He said, I'm going to bed. So, all right. And the next day, that afternoon, uh, sometime he called me and I was like, are you okay? He said, yeah. He said, I'm okay. He said, but I feel like I got hit by a truck inside. He said, his insides hurt and his outsides hurt. Mm. Like whatever was in him, like tore itself out of him and like he... And for like three or four days, he said all he did was just sleep all day. And um, yeah, it's like it's that's it's, it's a real deal, man. It's like, it, and this is the first time I've ever been able to say anything about it. But like, it's so funny that people are like, "Oh, this is a man of faith, and good for him. He's a good dude, and all." But I know for a fact that like this stuff is real, you know. And and um, people say what they want to say, but like, 
back in my day, Satan hid, but he ain't hiding no more. Right. He's in videos. He's people. It's just he's bold with it. You know what I mean? Uh, and the Christians are the ones that are kind of like shying away because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to say the name of Jesus. We don't want to be judged or whatever like that because there's a lot of Christians that have, have made it look bad. You know what I'm saying? The, the way their lives have lived because, you know, people perpetrating a perfect life and then then the curtain being pulled back and seeing that they, just like everybody else, somebody saved from grace, you know? Um, and so that so that's uh, it's kind of where I'm at, man. It's just I just want to live a life to where, you know, I'm approachable. Um, and I think I've, I've been down enough roads. You know, you hear about the wrestling and the preaching and I've been married for over 20 years. But there's a whole other story that goes along inside of all of those, you know, addictions and everything that I can talk about. But I don't really talk about because there's no glory in it. But it, I'm able to relate to a whole lot of things. And in those times, I'm not uh, proud of, but but the what it has allowed me to do is to be able to understand a lot of people that, you know, sometimes you just can't say no, you know, and everything ain't just a just do it type thing. And, and so some, and some people just need love, respect and, and, and be heard, you know, and so uh, it's, it's put me in a, in a place to where. You know, I just have to have that ear um, to treat people the way that I needed to be treated during my times when when I was going through those situations. Right. You just mentioned about being uh, married for about 20 years, man. Shine some light on your queen real quick, man. Uh, How hard is it for uh, to have a relationship for 20 years long, being a wrestler, man, and being on the road and being busy? And then sometimes coming home, you know, when you do wrestle, a little, a little sore. Uh, talk about how she supports you, man, and and uh, in that way. Oh man, you done start a whole other level, bro. Um, <laughs> my, my wife, my wife, uh, she met me outside of wrestling, so she had no clue I was a wrestler. Um, she knew me from church. Um, back in back in the day, my sister and I were gospel rappers. Oh, okay. <laughs> one, two, and three, to the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus in the house, so open the door. Now, nah, <laughs> <laughs> dropping an album tomorrow, Jack. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, one of the churches that my sister and I went and uh, did gospel raps at, she was part of the choir, and um, and I saw her, and like she's beautiful, and uh, but it was kind of like one of those out of your league beautiful type things. And so it was just kind of like, hey, how you doing? And she spoke back. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know. But it was just her, her, it was her, her cousins. They were all just nice, like you know what I'm saying. So I was kind of like, okay. And then for for years, um, we would see each other. And I think she worked at Walmart, and we would just speak. It was kind of like she knew who I was, and it was kind of like, okay, like she remembered me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I guess hindsight, looking back. They definitely remember us because they're singing background to one of our songs. So we were in the forefront type. My sister and I were like in the forefront. And so uh, and so that, that kind of just kept on for years or whatever. And then one day I was taking out trash um, at a complex I was living in. And uh, I heard a familiar voice and it was one of my classmates. And um, she was she, she said, hey, hey, Al, whatever. She came and uh, talked to me, whatever. And she was standing beside uh 
my wife um, and we kind of looked at each other and was like hey you know what i mean and she was like oh hey i just moved in here and it was like word you know cool you know so now she's like my neighbor and i'm like oh shoot <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna pull this yeah. off <laughs> yeah, so, and so, uh, and so I was just like we see we see each other out outside or whatever. Nothing, nothing, nothing there. I, I man, I ain't, I ain't no riz, bro. I was just like, I would say something. Hey, how you doing? Nice days, the corny stuff. And then she had internet and I didn't, so I would like find this. People, like, oh man, you know, I think got an email coming in, or you, you know what I'm saying? Can I check my email or whatever like that? Uh, so I would, we would talk a little bit or whatever. Then I would invite her to church and. Um, but we were just friends and this went on for a while and it got to the point to where everybody in my family and her family was like, y'all go together. But we were like, oh, we're just friends. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so one day, one day I was like, hey, I said, um, I just let her know I really like her, da, 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 whatever. And I said, you know, why don't we make this a thing? And she was like, I thought we were already doing this. Like she was like, I'm not seeing them, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't even know when was you gonna tell I me. Ain't, you know, I, yeah, because here's the deal. Like you know, a lot a lot of people were doing that. You know, we friends, or you know, we talking, or we we. You know, what I mean, everybody had different things they call it or whatever like that, and we weren't we we weren't doing. We never kissed. We never did anything. We would just go hang out. We'd go places or whatever like that. So. It, it was just like she's my friend you know so we were neighbors and so it was kind of like we didn't nothing was going on like on that level you know what i'm saying right and um and so the fact that that she and i had went i was going through a time to where you know that was an issue too and so so with me being around somebody like that, that i knew i was attracted to and and her just kind of being cool and nobody trying anybody or it was so i'm thinking like really she sees me as a friend like you know what i'm saying and um but then like we start going together and all and we uh we waited until we got married uh, for each other you know what i'm saying and then uh i don't know she's just been like it's kind of like that if, if i was in the basket weaving she'd be my number one supporter like, that's just what it is and like um of course we've had our ups and downs uh, and all that, but like married 20 years, I have an 18 year old son, 14 year old daughter. Um, with wrestling, it's always for the, for most of our marriage, wrestling was just a hobby that paid well. You know what I mean? And well, well it didn't really start paying well until I got signed at Ring of Honor, like 2011. Um, so before then, it was just okay. I have two or three jobs, and I wrestle. And it was kind of like one day he's gonna grow out of this thing, you know what I'm saying? And uh -huh. then uh, when every time I was thinking, okay, well, all right, I'm about done, like you know what I'm saying? Uh, something would happen where I would get, you know, elevated or start making more money and getting phone places and getting, you know, it would just boom, 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 you know. And then it got to a point to where it was, it became like a, a enough of an income that I had to claim it on my taxes, and you know what I'm saying? uh stuff like that to where it was it was started being a serious part of the income and um right. and so she was supportive man she was just like if i needed to be somewhere or whatever like that there was there was a time the, the first time i knew she had my back was uh we were supposed to go somewhere for church or something 
And I said, well, I can't go uh, that date because I'm so-and-so, so-and-so. And she said, well, I thought you were so-and-so, so-and-so, you know, wrestling for so-and-so. And I was like, no, I'm wrestling for stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, how do you know? You know what I'm saying? And But she would make notes of where I was supposed to be wrestling at. And I and it was the first time I ever been oh, double booked for something. But I didn't realize it until she pointed it out to me. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, how did you do that? And she was like, I have it on my cell phone. And I was like, what? And she had, of course, <laughs> so this should tell you how long ago this was, okay? So she she flips open her phone and she's like, see, you get <laughs> You know, and so I was like, oh, that's cool. So I was, so I start keeping up with my dates or, or whatever like that. And it's just little stuff like that, man. And then like, um, I, by the grace of God, I, I've never, um, I have a I have a college I have a manufacturing engineering degree, um, and I was and then I, I worked, but um, I never was able to like follow my career because the career path was always like make a choice, you know what I mean. But I was always able to get a job, you know what I mean, because of my because of my degree, I can just about get a job anywhere, and right. so I was always working. Um, so there was never a time where it was like. You know, she's holding me down by paying the bills or whatever. But she was she was holding me down by really praying for me, bro. Like keeping the bro. faith, like because there's there's a story I tell all the time of like um, I was washing clothes one time and dark colored clothes, and I was watching during the dark colored clothes. I realized I had dropped a white sock in there. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh crap, the white sock, whatever. So when I dry the clothes, I mean, wash the clothes. When they finished washing, I put them in the dryer and I saw the white sock. I was like, well, I got to dry it, you know. So I dried it or whatever like that. And I said, whenever I wash white clothes, I'll just I'll just put the sock back with it. And um, dried the clothes or whatever and then put the clothes on top of the, the dryer. I was like, where's that white sock at? And I set that white sock on top of the, dirt, uh, the, the dark colored clothes. And I was like, the white sock, you know what I'm saying? So I said, whenever I get the other socks, I'll just, you know, put it together or whatever. So I'm washing the white clothes or whatever, and so they come out the dryer, and um, I had already put the dark color clothes up. I could wash clothes and fold them. Pretty good at that. And so, uh, <laughs> skills, skills. Wait, 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 wait! Before you continue on, can you get all the clothes out the dryer and not drop one piece? Nah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna try to get them all out at the same time. I, if I, if I feel it's gonna be too much, I make forty-one triple get a basket. <laughs> I'm the type of person. If it's too many cut, too many bags, I'll take two trips. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, but, uh, but anyway, I dried the uh, the white clothes, and I had Alexa stop. And so uh, I was like, "Where's that white sock at?" And so I uh, I went and got I got the white the white sock was laying over the washing machine, and I got it and I got the sock that matched with it. And when I put the white sock with the white socks, they were two totally different colors. Mm. And I was like, I just sat there and stared at it for a minute because like I could probably wear the socks and nobody would know unless I like just pulled the socks up and they're like, dang, one of your socks is dingy, one of them is white. You know what I'm saying? But I was just, it just really stuck out to me. And, but it, it made me see, it was like, you know, you're a white sock, but you're around a lot of influence. You know what I'm saying? And you have a choice to where you could be washed with this influence and they see you as a white sock, but you're really not. And then when you get back to church, people know that there's something different about you. 
or you can continue to stand out. You know what I'm saying? And and uh, you could you could be around it, but not getting washed with it, not being. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so from that way forward, I just made a choice of like, you know, I, I want to stay as clean as not not that people are dirty, but like you could be around people and not be involved in what they're doing, not be involved in certain mess, not be in certain cliques, not you know in the backbite, not into this, not into slander, not into the, the after party life type, you know what I mean? And to where when people see you, they still see you as that person. And and then when you go to church Sunday morning, you don't have to be like thinking like, oh, I hope somebody don't show up that saw me at the so and so or the, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so and so she's been that person that's kind of like held me down on that part. And um and like just that's a that's a huge deal, you know. Um and being that. You know that uh also being that um that realist you know what i'm saying to where you go out and you're doing all this stuff and the world sees you as you know caprice code da, 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 and you come back and you be like the lawn was broke like, like <laughs> 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 yeah. so, so so yeah it's uh you know it's it's uh it's that type of relationship man and so um, i thank god for in 20 years, man, she, she has, to, you know, it, I, it's a blessing for me to be with her because she has put up with a lot. Um, because if you're married to an entertainer, um, that that's a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of wondering what's the next contract going to be like, are you going to get signed? Are you over the edge? Is it more you can do? Do I need to get this up? Do I need, you know what I'm saying? Are like you getting paid for that? <laughs> yeah, I can't pay. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and so it's it's a lot that go that goes along with that. Being on the road, what's going on while you're on the road, and who who is that person really your friend, or do that do they have your best interest in mind? And da-da-da. you know, who's that? I don't know. I haven't heard that name. And you know what I mean? And so like, there's a lot that goes with that. You feel me? And so for her to, to have been with me this long and, and to continue to like support and praise and pray for me. Um, and, and like, you know, bruh, like social media could kill people. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it has sabotaged people, whatever. So like for her just to be who she is, man. And like things that she's put up with, cause, cause bruh, like, I've been through a lot and I put her through a lot, you know what I mean? And so for her to be that person that, you know, I'm the one called to preach, but like, but, but she's ministered to me a lot, you know what I'm saying? And I, and I know spiritually that if it wasn't for her, I'd probably be dead, like for real, for real. And so like that, that's who my wife is to me. Oh man, that was that was a beautiful answer. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and cut that up so she can hear all those beautiful things that you said. You getting some tonight, brother? I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the love. Appreciate the love. We got we you, man. We look it, out for we, our peoples, man. We gonna, we gonna put it on repeat. No, there it is. There it is. Oh man, listen, Coleman's <laughs> pool pit. Coleman's Coleman's pool pit, man. Coleman's pool pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Um, you have some really great segments, man, where you had a lot of great interviews, man. Uh, some of them with uh, Punishment Martinez. Oh, having, having some technical yeah. issues. Jay Lethal. Can you hear Please, me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Is it just Vic? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, you're fine. I'll, I'll, can I you think hear me, Vic? I think it's Vic to Andrew. 
It's him. It's yeah, he'll, he'll come back out. Um, but real quick, man, talk about how you came up with the uh, Columbus Pool Pit, man, and and how you antagonized some of your guests. I think that was uh, <laughs> I think it was really great, man. Uh, one of them I, I really like is the one that you did with Damian Freestore, uh, Punchman Martinez, as he was called uh-huh. back then, man. Uh, so how did you come up with Columbus Pool Pit, man, and how did you come up with that that character to kind of antagonize your guests? Uh, man, it, basically, you know, um, any role that I've had in Ring of Honor, I, I was a mouthpiece. You know what I mean? Like, um, when I was tagging with Cedric, I was kind of like, the, he was the wrestler and I was the talker. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's, it's so, it, it was, are you good now, Vic? Can I, can you hear us now? Hello? He, yeah. he on here, like, he frozen. He like. Yeah, he frozen. <laughs> He yeah, said, go ahead. Yeah. I, I get it. Hey, I've yeah. been there. I've been there. I've been there. Um, <laughs> I'll give you the advice they gave me. You might want to log out and log back in. Yeah. Yeah, just log out and log back in. That's it. <laughs> go ahead. But, um, but not, nah, uh, but uh, it got, we had, I was part of the rebellion and we lost the matches. So the rebellion had to disband. And um, when the rebellion disbanded, it was kind of like Ring of Honor had ideas for what they wanted each, each member to do. And for me, they was like, well, Caprice, we we uh we need a talk show. And the funny thing is, I had pitched to them before. I said, I wanna I wanna do like a, a talk show to where I bring the characters out of the personalities, you know, the personalities out of these wrestlers. I said, because Ring of Honor, we're known for, for great wrestling. I said, but nobody really knows these guys. They don't know what makes these guys tick. They don't know what makes these guys mad, what they like, what their interests are, or anything like that. And I said, if we had some kind of interview segment where we can interview these people, you know, uh, it would be like something that it would be something that they could, uh, their fans could be more relatable to. You know what I mean? And right. so uh, they was like, oh, okay, sounds good or whatever. And it's kind of left it on. But then they came to me. And was like, hey, we got this idea. We want you to do a talk show where you interview people and whatever. I was like, great idea. It'd be great, you know. <laughs> and so they used to, it said you find out a name for it, and um, kind of went back and forth with some names. And then I was thinking Piper's Pit, Piper's Pit, because I'm a huge Piper's Pit fan. And um, and I was like, Colvin's pulpit, you know. And so they jumped on it. He's moving. Are you on Vic? He's man. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I know how it feels. Uh, it's all, all right, good, baby. bro. It's all good. We were just talking about you, but anyway. So, so <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> nah. But then, but then they gave me the idea. I mean, they they uh, we did a talk show, and um, I said I, I basically just want to pull out the character out of people, like let people know, you know, who these people are, what makes them tick, you know, or whatever like that. And at this time, I was kind of like a heel, um because of the rebellion so that I was I was already a heel so I could really play off that character and so most of my segments were with like the good guys type thing and so I would just have ideas to do man and like it got to the point where the wrestlers wanted to be on the pulpit because they would come up with stuff like man I'm gonna be on the pulpit and we do this da, 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 da. and so like the better it got the more they had ideas to come and, and so we would just kind of just work together uh, on stuff, man, and it just, it just, it was, it was fun. The only thing that happened was uh, we were working with the NWA at the time. We had partnered with the NWA, and um, we were doing TV tapings. 
the TV tapings were a day before uh, the show. So like the show was on a Saturday, we would be be flown in Thursday and then Friday, all day Friday was like pre-tapes. You know what I'm saying? So that's when I would do Coleman's pulpit or whatever like that. And, um, but when we started working with NWA, they, um, they come with something anyway, the, the, uh, the pre-tape day got cut. So everything went from pre pre-tape day to show day. I think because NWA had a, I think their part of the deal was they would do all the pre-tapes during the show type thing. Um, like working with them or whatever, whatever it was. And, um, so like, so they was like, okay, well maybe we can make a Coleman's pulpit live or whatever like that. But after that, you know, everything just kind of started, you know, the pandemic and da 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 you know, um, kind of happened or whatever. And then it is funny because after the pandemic, uh, they bought a new pulpit oh. and, um, they was going to revamp it and all that. But then like, like I said, it kind of went, went on, that's when ring of honor went under. So that's when the pulpit kind of, you know, um, that was it. Do you think that you will ever bring the pulpit back? Oh, I'd love to. I'd uh, love to. I would love to. I would love to. Could, I, could you? I always. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, what was you going to say? I, I, I've always loved. I mean, I like interviewing people. I, but, like, it's, it's funny you say that because they they continuously put me in interview segments, like for pay-per-views. And I'm still able to kind of like throw something in there every once in a while, like a facial expression or kind of like egging people on or, or whatever like that. And kind of, you know, I can add to something uh, and kind of be that uh, antagonist without them knowing it type thing to where people that know what I'm doing, know what I'm doing. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but but not not necessarily like a, a show of myself. It's mostly the interviews I've been doing like. The Briscoes and FTR, um, Cesaro and, and uh, 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 dang, I can't think of no names today. But the few, the few, uh, yeah, it, it, it sucked, man. But yeah, um, Kingston, Kevin, uh, Kingston. Um, but yeah, it, it's like the interviews like that or whatever. But other than that, you know, um, just doing commentary, and I, I love commentary so. It's not one of those things where it's like, oh, I'm just doing commentary now. Commentary is something that if you told me 10 years that I would be doing commentary, I'd be like, mm, no, I'm, I'm going to be on WrestleMania. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but but like the way that it's worked out, it's a blessing because like I have a job that I'm still relevant. I'm still in the wrestling business and I'm able to tell the story of people that might not have a story told. Um and and I've also been in all the situations where, especially like a talent that is just getting an opportunity, like they've never been on TV before, or they're not on TV a lot, and they're not really known. To me, I've been that person where you get in a shot and then you go to watch your match and the commentators are talking about something that has nothing to do with your match. Like, you know what I mean? I've been I've been in all those situations and, and, and I've been in matches where I've been in high chair matches and I go back and watch the match and I've been hurt and to see where I got hurt at. And the, and the, the commentators are talking about something totally different. And so it's always just kind of been like a, a itch of mine of like, you know, why are these guys talking about stuff other than the match? You know, we got our lives on the line. Right. And so when I would be in a feud or whatever like that at Ring of Honor, um, if I was managing somebody or whatever, they put me in commentary and, and I would just, I would start commentating or whatever, but like, I couldn't 
I was never able to like start putting myself over or that wouldn't work with me because da, 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 da. I was never that person because I'm like it would something would just shift where I'm I would just start telling the story about what's what's happening in the ring. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, I got to avoid that because this, you know, da, 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 this could really hurt somebody. And, da, da. and I remember the first time I did it and I came to the back and uh, the producer was looking at me and he was like, you're really good at this. And I was like, thank He was like, no, he was like, you're really good at this. And I just thought he was just being nice. And um, then Kevin Kelly came into the back as Kevin Kelly was there. And he was like, he was like, we think you're a natural at this and you want to give it a try. And I was like, heck yeah. Like, yeah, I tried, you know. And so there were times where I would come in and um, wrestle and then I would commentate or I'd do both, you know. And so I would bring a, a suit and I'd bring my, my gear and I'd just do whatever I was doing that night. And then um, eventually, you know, I didn't have to bring my wrestling gear anymore unless I was unless I was in some type of feud or something. I think I lost the host now. Vic. Yeah, I'm still here. So oh, Okay. Yeah, I love that. So, look, I want to have you – I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, We usually have a segment uh, called Mr. Everything Interviews Everybody. But what I would like for you to do is just do a small taste of a Coleman's pulpit, and your guest is Mr. Everything, Victor Andrews. You guys got a big match coming up. (laughs) So I want to see how you can do. Oh, wow. A Coleman's okay. pulpit <laughs> with your boy, Mr. Everything, Victor okay. Andrews. All right. Uh, you ain't dusty. You still got a champ. Heaven <laughs> high. <laughs> it's Coleman's pulpit. I'm your host, Caprice Coleman, the most versatile man in this sport today. And like we like to do is I like to find out the truth because the truth will make you free. Today, we have a guest for you that thinks he is everything, but we'll find out if he's anything today. Our guest today is Victor Andrews. Victor Andrews, nice to have you today on the pulpit. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. I'm on the pool pit with Caprice Coleman. I'm ready to make some names and take some babies. Uh, uh take some names and make some babies. One of those things is going to happen. And sometimes tonight, one of them things is going to happen. So, what you got going on today, Mr. Caprice Coleman? Well, I had a couple of questions for you, and with your last statement, what we will leave alone is child support. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your wrestling career lately, you've been getting a lot of uh insight and you've been making a lot of challenges i've actually got a call from a promoter that asked me uh if i could wrestle you i said i would be honored to wrestle you i had a show because this is something that we have always talked about but it's never been walked out and um i want to know from you was this your idea or was it the promoter's idea it was the promoter's idea. He came to me and he said, listen, man, I want to give you the best competition there is out there. And there is one that is close to us. The name is Caprice Coleman. Do you know him? I said, I absolutely do. Last time I talked to the brother, I asked him for a match and he told me he had to get in shape first. I didn't understand that, but I went with it. So, yeah, he, he told me he was going to get you and he said he was unavailable. So, what it, what it is, what it look like, what it be like. When we going to do this, brother? 
Well, you know, it's, it's uh, I kind of want to do it. Uh, my question would be, though. No? Did I lose yeah, you? I, we, I can you. we can hear you. You, you kind of digital, though. You, <laughs> you, you look like an avatar. What you really look like is somebody on Minecraft is what you look like. Like when the Minecraft do. <laughs> okay, are you are you with me? I know that's frustrating. But yeah, anyway, uh, but we got to find out what kind of match we're going to have. Because if I'm hindsight and looking back, there was a time where, you know, my son, he's 18 now. And I, he used to come to all the shows. And um, he was kind of like my, uh, he, he was my um, my intro guy. He, he would. He would get in the ring and he would say, coming down the aisle, weighing in at 213 pounds from Charlotte, North Carolina. He is more than a conqueror, because I was more than a conqueror at the time. I remember that type of stuff. Caprice Coleman. And um, he would come out and it was kind of a big thing. He's 18 now. And now I see that you got a little Rome doing the same stuff that my son was doing. So I want to know, do I need to bring my son or do I need to bring a little kid with me when we come to wrestle? Hey, man, listen, we are a tag team. We are a dynasty. We are a father and son. We're not following what Caprice and Chase did. We're we're elevating what you attempted to do. Because, see, what you guys did was you had Chase introduce you. See, Ron walks out, and he's like the motivator, the innovator, the creator, the, the, the spectator, the one that's going to get the crowd moving. And everybody grooving. He's the one that's going to make sure that Mr. Everything walks out with the win and my opponents lose every single so, time. So really, you yeah, got a kid that's distracting people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this kid has a catchphrase that sounds like the show stopping, crowd popping, body rocking, pulse pounding, heart racer, the handsome face, heartbreaking kid is what it sounds like to me. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's exactly what it is. Huh? That's you, gay room. So you gave Rome a catchphrase too? Yes, yes, all of it, all of it. And 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 his name is not Rome. If you want to say his name, say it loud, say it proud, and say it with conviction, or keep his name out your mouth. His name is Superstar Rome. Superstar Rome. <laughs> Superstar Rome. <laughs> Superstar Rome. <laughs> Superstar Rome. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's cool. What what we can do is you can bring you, Mr. Everything. Oh and you can bring your son and you can bring Superstar Rob with you. And I can come with my son, or I can come by myself, and we can finally do this thing. Because you know mm -hmm. what? I'm be honest with you, bro. You are a fantastic father. I watch what you do. I watch you train. You got a video where you was training your son and uh and he, he didn't think he could do anything and you pushed him to do it. Which, which anybody else would feel like, why is this kid three years old and working out? But I didn't say that. I didn't, not me. Not me. I was like, he's motivating the son, you know, to do stuff. And I don't know if you had the four-year-old lifted 50 pounds. I don't know what it was. I don't. But anyway, by the time the video ended, it started in the morning. But by, by nightfall, he was doing what you had him to do. And I said, you know what? That is the type of father's. We need in our life right now fathers that motivate their children to be able to do all that they could do. So with that, I commend you, bro, because you are one of the real fathers left. And if you if you are everything, some things, a thing, which you are as a father, you're a good father, 
I, 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 I say, I, I can say without a shadow of doubt, you are a good father. But it be everything. It's kind of funny because you have the most versatile man in this sport today, and Mister Everything. Seeing like we should be a team, but you know, if you want to challenge, we can challenge. And if you beat me, I will shake your hand and say you are Mister Everything. How about that? That sounds good to me. In fact, being a team doesn't sound too bad either. Hmm, well, I, wonder, I wonder what Ring of Honor is doing. Is, 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 okay. is doing. Let me answer that real quick. If you guys were a team, what would hmm. your team name be? Hmm. That'd be interesting. Hmm. Silence fills the room. Yeah, You know who would know the answer to that? Who's that? Superstar! (laughs) 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 Hey, real quick, real quick. So, Caprice has has this... uh, Oh, go ahead. Uh, Caprice has one of these finisher moves. Your 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 finisher move is the um, sky splitter. The sky splitter. No, he, he's going back in time a little bit. Where where yeah. he was, you know, because because not only has it stole stole my, my son coming out with me, he has his son. Not only is it stole and giving giving my catchphrases to his son, he also has wrestling moves that he do like me. He has a black jacket that that's just like mine. And I feel like Muhammad Ali because you took all my stuff, man. I'm like the little Richard of pro wrestling. <laughs> And I feel like you stole about three of my songs. But anyway, <laughs> what did you go say? <laughs> the sky splitter. I was gonna say just that. That I, I actually took one of your wrestling moves too, the finisher. Yes. But I I, I gave I gave you your flowers because I named it Caprice. I mean, I named it Coleman's Blessing. Because I did ask first. You remember? You I yeah, did. Absolutely, absolutely. Did. Abs- bro, a- a- yeah. absolutely. You called me with great conviction one day. And um and you asked me to do it and uh and, and I was that's the first time I said one of the first times that anybody called with that purpose out of respect to do something like that because other people were like hey I've been doing this move I just don't want you to see it on TV and get mad <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying and so like much always bro always much love always much respect I was trying to end off the show so I can get back to reality you know what I'm saying um. Because like, if they ever do this, man, I, I, I'm be real with you, bro. We we could wrestle, we tear the house down. People get more than money's worth. And if you need a tag team partner, I'll be there with you, bro. And that, that's just how I feel about you. I, I really appreciate that, bro. I really appreciate. It. Let's let's make that happen at Ring of Honor if possible. You know. People think you yeah. you think I run Ring of Honor or something? No, no, <laughs> you know. It's, people people no. say that. You know. You know what? You know what? Let me just get with Coleman Curious, okay? You know what gets Coleman Curious is every time I wrestle somebody, I wrestle them or whatever like that. And after the match, they'd be like, how was the match? Oh, man, it was good. Oh, I appreciate you. You know, that was good or whatever. <laughs> you think you can get me away? <laughs> I've had people say, you know, I wrestle Caprice Coleman. I should be on ring. That's not how it works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, You're absolutely but I, right. But I do know, I do know that you 
you have all the connections, bro. Like you've been in, I seen you on know, WWE. I see you like everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Um, if you need some contacts or whatever, like we'll be in Greensboro this Saturday. Um, if you need tickets to the show, Collision is in Saturday. Is in Greensboro Saturday. If you need tickets to the show, let me know. Let me know how many people you bring, and I got you. Said it. Uh, but um, but yeah, yeah. Introduce you to some people for real. I appreciate that, bro. I really appreciate yeah. that. Well, we want to let I would, I would love to see you guys. In the, I, would, I would love to see you guys in the tag team, man. To see you guys whooping some butt. You know what I'm saying? Uh, personally, I like my pastors with a little thug in them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just make it, make it pray for you and whoop ass at the same time. That's how I like my pastors. That's old school. You know what I'm saying? All the old school pastors used to be used to be pimps and thugs back in the day, and they changed their life around. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, uh, don't don't uh, if you get back in the ring to all your opponents, beware because he will lay hands on you. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I'm still thinking in my head, trying to think of a tag team name. Like first thing came to my head is everything versatile, and I was like, no. Um. So uh, I like that. I like that. Ageless, ageless wonders. Ooh, the ageless ones. Um, I like that. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Both of y'all use cocoa butter, so I know. And people always look at us like, man, how are you still doing this at your age? Like, you don't even look your age. So, yeah. you know, that'll be something. You know, we should have, if, if there's people watching this show, you tell me what you think is Mr. Everything, Victor Andrews and Caprice Coleman, the ageless one, became a tag team. What would that name be? And the coolest yeah. name will get a shout out. And if you come up with the coolest name, we will use that name. Or or we, we will act like we see it, right? And we add something to it, you know what I'm saying? Like express <laughs> at the end of it, and you'd be like, "Was that my idea?" And we'd be like, didn't "See it, just being honest with you." So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But, so, best yeah. damn nation, man, go in the comment boxes, go on our pages. We got all our social medias down below, and comment what do you think a great tag team name would be for the ageless one, Caprice Coleman, and Mister Everything. Victor Andrews, man, I love to see it. Listen, uh, Mr. Cole, we do this thing each and every Wednesday to be able, it's, it's a way for me to do a little ministry myself. You know what I'm saying? Give a word of motivation, uh, say something positive to get people through their week and through their day. Uh, we do this each and every Wednesday, and I want you to kind of follow suit, but do you have a final word or a word of motivation for the people that are watching you right now? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, my first uh, word would be uh, if, if you are trying to get into the sport of, of pro wrestling, uh, get in it, take it serious. This sport will take you as serious as you take it. You know what I'm saying? Um, go in there knowing what you want to do be be able to invest in yourself take yourself seriously inside of the ring and outside of the ring um fans i want to say i love you i appreciate you we are nothing without the fans because you know um people watching this is what gets us where we're at you know what i mean um and for everybody else man and all encompass knowing that you know we serve a god that hears you wherever you're at you know, and that he loves you, 
no matter how far you've gone or, or where you're at, he still loves you. Um, he cares for you. He wants you to come home. Um, he wants to talk to you, you know, and uh, that that you are always, uh, as long as you're alive, every day that you have, you have another chance to get closer to God. And nobody's perfect. And you've probably been hurt, church hurt before or whatever like that by somebody that's imperfect. But the thing about that is salvation is for everybody. That means salvation for crazy people and for sane people. So if God can save the sane people, he can save the crazy people too. If somebody crazy hurts your feelings, don't blame them. You know, it's just the fact that this is how this thing works called salvation. But the way that you can get it right is you having a personal relationship yourself and treating people the way that you want to be treated. And so um, that personal relationship is personal, you know, and, and uh, it's definitely a decision that you have to make, um, but it's real. And it's a real war out there, real spiritual warfare. And um, I'm not going to beat you over the head with anything. But if I get a chance to say the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that's who I stand for. And um, that's whose side I'm on. And I thank God that he's on my side as well. And he loves you. And he'd like to hear from you. Oh, man. I, that was a great word from the ageless one. The fearless. <laughs> the great priest coleman man i can't follow that usually i have a good word each and every week man i can't follow that <laughs> you know oh, it's, just, it's just telling the truth bro it's just, it's just telling the truth bro oh man well listen yeah. thank you for sharing that beautiful word with us my friend you are uh, a member of the best damn nation man and you're welcome on the show anytime you want to come on this is our vibe man we like to have fun we like to have a good time we talk about wrestling man and we try to squeeze a little 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 word of motivation to get people going so uh hey look we thank you for joining us on the show hey listen t ask, tell people what you got going on and where can they find you uh right now it's um ring of honor is um, every Saturday collision um, is when we do our recording and you can watch us on honor club every Thursday night at seven. Um, and I still work the Indies when I can. Um, I still travel a lot. Uh, I'm traveling with wrestling and preaching now um, to God be the glory on that. And um, yeah, just my, I'm on Twitter Caprice Coleman. I'm on Facebook uh, Caprice Coleman on Instagram, the Caprice Coleman. Um, I just had my Facebook and Instagram restarted because, like, I got hacked. And so, like, it's funny because I'm real paranoid, bro. Because it's like I give people my Instagram now. And they're like, bro, you only got such and such as many followers or whatever. And um, and I'm like, yeah, I had to start over. Like, I had thousands. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like that that reboot type thing. It's, it's humbling is what it is. And so, um, but it's, it's still whatever. You know, but that, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on um, Facebook. Uh, I'm on TikTok, you know, uh, but like a lot of that stuff, like I said, I mean, I, I'm just in and out, you know what I mean? I throw something up there uh, and then I, you know, and then I, I might look at it, but uh, I'm not, I don't live there. You feel me? Um, but yeah, that's it, man. So uh, on my social media, I put out dates when I'm doing stuff um, and uh, that's how we roll. Oh, man. Thank you, sir for all that information. Mr. Everything, let the beautiful people know what you got going on and where can they find you? Absolutely. So this Friday, I'm gonna be in Cleveland, Ohio for a, a revamping of Control Your Narrative. We have this new uh, product called Exodus. 
So I'm going to be out there uh, showcasing my abilities with some of those guys that's out there and seeing if I can still be a uh, a dominant member of the Control Your Narrative family. Uh, this Saturday, I will be in Nashville, North Carolina uh, for maximum adrenaline extreme wrestling, something like that, max. Um, so I'll be out there on Saturday. And on Sunday, I will be at School of Morton in Chucky, Tennessee. Um, and then, you know, I'm always moving and shaking all over the place. Um, got a couple of movies coming out. Still getting ready to finish up the mental health movie. So that Bro, should be that. Uh, done and out by, by the middle of September. Uh, so, you know, you already know where to find me. Remember that uh, when we was doing that Wakanda movie, the Black Panther? Yes, yes, I do, and I wish we could have finished it. I I be telling people yes. they don't even believe me. Yes, I was I, like, bro, we we were doing the Black Panther before the Black Panther came out. Like nobody <laughs> believes me, so I show them pictures. Exactly. Like, cute. like I gotta find the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we we were shooting like for the Black Panther. Sean had that stuff hooked up, man. Like that joke was cool, man. He was good people, man. Good people. Yeah. Well, maybe you could be on the next movie, man. You know, I, <laughs> what kind of fan? I can see, you. I, I can see you being part of the border tribe. You hey, know, what I, man? hey, Wi-Fi. I'll do whatever. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Listen, man, uh, you can find both of these brothers on their social media pages. My name is Brian Renegade. You can find me on all platforms at Brian Renegade. Hey, listen, fellas, I ain't trying to hold y'all no longer. Uh, thank you guys for being on the show. Uh, if you want to follow the show, you can follow all our social medias down below. You know where to get us. You know where to get at us, man. Uh, We're going to be watching and listening to Mr. Coleman. On uh on Saturday, go ahead. Wasn't wasn't there like another dude that ain't show something, but he never showed his face? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to he had to jump off real quick. That's why we got rotating members, man. Just in case yeah, stuff just make sure make sure he know I noticed that. You know what I'm saying? His name was Show Show Showtime or something. Showtime, you know? yeah, Showtime. Yeah, it wasn't Dynamite, was it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Man, listen, we got to have you back on, brother. We got to have you back on. This was a good time, man. This was a All good right, time. Anytime, y'all hey, take it easy. All right, thank you. Beautiful people, we will see you next week on the next Best Damn Wrestling Podcast. Fellas, it's a pleasure. Beautiful people, we bid you Bye-bye, bitch. <laughs>